From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Have you ever had a biopsy or surgical procedure in which tissue was sent to the laboratory for analysis, and then you tried to read the pathology report? If you didn't go to medical school, understanding the report may be difficult. So with me in the HealthLink on Air studio is Dr. Rowan Mehta, a pathologist at Upstate who's a medical director of pathology and clinical pathology for the community campus. Welcome, Dr. Mehta. Hi, good morning. So, Dr. Mehta, you're a bit unusual among pathologists because you've started offering to meet with breast cancer patients who want help understanding their pathology reports. So tell us how that got started and why you're doing it. So I, um, <clears throat> I read this article in a pathology journal some time ago that had stated in so out in Michigan where patients um, came to a pathologist and wanted to know about their report. Um, and um, I decided that this was something that patients are not privy to most of the time, but they obviously, it dictates most of their treatments and et cetera, et cetera. So decided to start this at Upstate with um, two of the breast surgeons at the community campus. I felt that the um, the breast cancer survivor patients have this camaraderie um, that they they Google their, their diagnosis, they try to figure out what's going on and all the, the jargon in the pathology report. So I decided maybe this would be something that they'd like to, to do. So when the first patient came in, um, I just wanted to see how, you know, feel it out, see exactly how they responded to it. And the response was great. She said that it helped her wrap her head around her diagnosis and see exactly what's inside of her, what we're trying to, as she put it, the little buggers trying to get out of her. So the pathology report, let's, tell me, tell me what that is, where it comes from. If a person has a biopsy or the tissue goes to the lab, the person in the lab writes a report about what they find? So what happens is we get the, the tissue from the patient, whether it's tissue or if it's cells from a cytology um, procedure, and we process the specimen and we produce um, a slide that we observe under the microscope. Um, so and this is how we uh, generate a pathology report based on what we see under the, the microscope, uh, whether it's benign, whether it's malignant. So the report itself is, is based on when you read the report, it has different sections of it. And again, it can be quite intimidating for the patient when they read it, because as you stated before, there are all these these um, semantics in it that they don't understand. All these medical terms. Exactly. And- mm-hmm. So we start off with what's called a gross description, and this is when the patient sees it. This is what it looks the specimen looks like to the naked eye. Does it look bloody? Does it look um, dead? Does it look viable, which means is it alive? And, um, and usually for biopsies, it's a pretty short gross description. It's a very small specimen. When the gross description comes into play um, for all of us, when it's a cancer resection, because then we have to worry about margins and taking different parts. For instance, if it's a, a lobectomy or taking out somebody's part of their lung, we need to discuss margins and how the tumor looks. Um, and, and margins are just the edges? Correct. Really? Margins are the edges that the surgeon wants to get around to make sure that the tumor is clear in that area. Does a patient automatically receive a pathology report? So I think recently because of these medical portals, patients are able to log on, get their blood work, get their pathology report. So they can, but back in the day they did not. And now patients are becoming more involved in their treatment. Um, They want to take their reports and go to different clinicians and get second opinions. So they are starting to ask for them, yes. And it might um, be surprising to someone that the doctor that they go see um, isn't the only doctor involved in their care, that there's someone like yourself, a pathologist, 
who makes the diagnosis and helps guide the treatment plan and right? yeah exactly i mean i think it's, it's obviously it's a big a multidisciplinary team strategy um and the pathologist is usually if if ever sees the patient they're mostly behind the scenes but we work in in cahoots with all the other clinicians to, to treat the patient and make the diagnosis. So tell me briefly, what is your background to become a pathologist? You, so go, to, should, you go to medical school. Yes, ma'am. You go to me- do everything. I go to medical school, and then you do a residency. Um, it's usually four years long. And then you do a subspecialty if you choose to, a fellowship, whether it be in cytopathology, blood banking, heme, heme pathology, et cetera. So I, uh, I went into pathology because my mother's a pathologist. So I kind of followed her in her footsteps and did a couple of fellowships after that. Neat. Well, you can't meet individually with all of our listeners. So I want to ask you, you said that um, a pathology report generally begins with a gross description, but what what more is there after that? So after the gross description, the, the main thing that everyone looks for is, is a diagnosis section, which states, um, has a lot of information there depending on what it was it something benign, is it something malignant. When it becomes a little bit longer and confusion, confusing is when um, there, it is a cancer case because from there we have to develop what's called a synoptic report. Synoptic report is um, usually in cancer resection specimens where we give information to the clinician about what, um, it, you know, without getting into this, um, the details of it, the, you know, the staging of the tumor, how large it is, if it's um, the differentiation of it, which has to do with does it look like the normal cells or does it look malignant? And from there, we, we stage it. Um, and when the patient looks at it, there's a stage at the bottom, if it's a T1, T2, T3, which has to do with the size sometimes or um, how poorly differentiated it is. So the diagnosis may have that all written in there. It does. Usually we keep that very concise and we say, look at the synoptic report. Um, so it's, you know, depending again, but if you have like an appendix taken out, all we may just say is acute appendicitis and that's it. Uh, we also have a section called a microscopic description where we, the details how the specimen looks under the microscope compared to the normal cells around it. And that's usually for pathologists. Some clinicians like to look at that as well. We can convey information about the procedure. For instance, if they're saying they see a mass and we're not seeing anything under in, in the slide that looks malignant, we could say, you know, this may not represent um, the targeted lesion, for instance. And do you say what um, what what you find inside the mass, whether it's made yeah, up of absolutely. Whatever. So if it's something if it's something malignant, we'll say you know malignant. But that's usually in the diagnostic line as well. Mm-hmm. Is a patient going to be able to look at the diagnosis and know whether it's good or bad? See, well, if it says in uh, carcinoma, they they should be able to. And this is why I would like to tell when patients come to see me when the consult, I tell them you know try to stay off the internet and start googling things because this can lead you down the rabbit hole this you know you, you don't understand some of the information and then you start you know you try to wrap your head around it it gets a little gets a little scary so what I suggest is if you don't when you get your pathology report circle things you don't understand so, you know and then bring this to whomever you see your your surgeon your oncologist etc and say you know I don't understand what these terms mean can you explain this to me because those we, you know those are the professions professionals who knows what, what what these terminology means you start googling things and going on these forums, that can not be a good idea. Well, that's and, and if you don't have, even if you have a medical dictionary, it, it may be hard to understand the dictionary Absolutely. definition, too. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, what should a patient um, look for? Are there any red flags that they should be kind of on the lookout for in a pathology report? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the red flags, sometimes actually some uh, pathology reports, if it's something malignant, they put it in red, actually. So it's funny really? to say that, yeah, it's well, actually in red, so it kind of triggers that this is something um, that's malignant. Um, but, you know, usually the terminology, um, carcinoma, sarcoma, these are the... Um, the terminology that use it, that means it's something bad. Are there pictures in a lab report? Um, for, we used to have surgical pictures in the report, but we've decided to take those out because sometimes it just makes the report look a little um, jumbled. And most people looking at it wouldn't... And most people looking at it wouldn't know what it is either, so especially for the patients. But now, like I was going back to this um, consult service, the patients come in and they see it, and I think sometimes that's actually, some of them think it's it's cool to look at. I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously it's not something cool for the patient, but they look at it and they, un, they can, like I said before, wrap their head around it, what's, what's inside of them. Because when you hear the C word, it's kind of hard to know exactly what it is, you know, so just well, the, especially if you can't feel it in, you know, in your body, you can't feel it. It's hard to conceptualize it. Exactly. Yeah. So being able to visualize it, I think helps. Now, do you think it's important for patients to look look for their pathology report and try to read it? I do, and I, I think again in this day and age of people getting on the internet, um, and you know, when you get the diagnosis, they go back and and search for it. You know, looking at your report can maybe help you not again go down this hole where you think it's something else that it may not be, and that could be dangerous. And being and being informed and it kind of empowers the patient. They can go to their clinician and say, yeah, I know I read this report. This is what I think, um, what I know, and this is what I've read about. Can you explain it to me more instead of, because they're scared. And, you know, and being able to have some knowledge about something that's inside of you, it, it definitely helps them to deal with it. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Rowan Mehta. He's the medical director of pathology and clinical pathology for Upstate's community campus. So I have some phrases that I pulled from a surgical pathology report um, from a patient that was diagnosed with a breast cancer, and there's a lot on it that I circled that I didn't understand. So let me let me walk you through some of these. Um, it says the malignant neoplasm was taken out of the patient at 1305. So that's military time. That's is correct. that standard to use? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. And then um, it says it was placed in formalin. At thirteen thirteen, what's formalin? So formalin is a fixative that we use when we put tissue comes out of the patient fresh, and then we need to fix it so it doesn't deteriorate. So we put it in formalin, and that's a, a fixative. And being able to document the time that it's put in formalin is, is important because some of the subsequent ancillary tests that we order is is um, based on how long it's been in formalin. For instance, for breast cancer, we order receptor statuses. So we need to have the tissue placed in formalin for a certain amount of time for the make sure that the antibodies for the receptors work. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, under the diagnosis section, it says sentinel lymph nodes, left axilla excision. Now, left axilla is the armpit. Yes, correct, right? yes. Mm-hmm. Um, then it says Breast left one o'clock excision. What is one o'clock? So one o'clock, when if you look at the breast and you make it as the face of a clock, it's pretty much exactly what it is. It's the one o'clock position. They took this uh, piece of tissue out at the one o'clock position where the lesion was. Oh, so that's just kind of geographic. Geographic, exactly. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it describes the tumor size, and then it gives a histologic type and a histologic grade. What What are those? So when we when we grade a tumor. Um, 
we graded on how it recapitulates the normal tissue. So for instance, if you have normal breast parenchyma and you have a, a grade two, it would be worse than a grade one. So it'll look worse. It wouldn't look like a normal uh, breast parenchyma. That's trying to put it in very layman's terms. We, okay. we use a lot of other factors in the mitoses and nuclear pleomorphism. Yeah, mitoses was another one that I saw I was going to ask you about. So we use mitoses for breast cancer in specific how to grade. So we used three different terms, um, the tumor uh, pleomorphism, mitoses, and um, tubule formation. So mitoses, is that the cells dividing? That's exactly what it is, okay. the cells dividing. So we can actually see the, the, the mitoses within the cell, and we count it in different fields to get an idea of how proliferation it is. Like how fast it's exactly. growing and things? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then pleomorphism, what is, what is that? Pleomorphism is where a cell looks pretty much bad. So again, if it recapitulates the normal cell, that wouldn't be very pleomorphic. But if it looks something completely different and it doesn't belong there, that is considered a pleomorphic cell. So what you're describing is, I mean, this is stuff that a, a doctor during a, a, an exam in the, in the room, there's no way for them to learn this. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, that's why they really rely on the pathologist to, to include this information in the report. I mean, they, they know what it is. It's just a matter of them, they can't see it because they obviously right. don't have the tissue themselves. Now, there's something called um, tumor focality. Yes, correct. So if there, if there is numerous lesions, that would be considered multifocal. Um, if it's many, a, many spots many or different many tumors? Spots, or? Exactly, yeah. And if it's a single focus of tumor, it's a focal, it's one focus. And these are all things that are in the synoptic report that the oncologist will use in order to determine a certain treatment algorithm that they'll go down. Um, I see the words macrometastasis and micrometastasis, and metastasis means spreading. That's correct, right? yes. So what is macro and micro? So when we have a tumor that's spread from the, in, with the breast, goes into the lymph node, we have to do a, let the clinician know, is it a micrometastasis, which has to do with the size criteria, um, less than two millimeters, versus a macrometastasis that is a completely encompassed a whole um, lymph node. So that sort of gives you an idea of uh, how far again, it's gone. How far it's, okay. mm-hmm. And then um, TNM descriptors, what is that? So this is what we use for the staging. The TNM system is used for, the T is the tumor size, and the N is the nodal status of the patient as it's spread to the nodes. And the M is, are there any metastatic disease anywhere? So, Oh, so it sort of uh, pulls together. Exactly, pulls everything already, together. Okay. And based on that, they, we have a stage that we give to the, to, to the patient of the tumor itself. Well, other than things that just um, sort of uh, are confusing to the patient, is there anything that you think a patient should um, ask their doctor or a pathologist about when they get a report? Yeah, again, I said, if you don't know, when you get your report, I mean, do your due diligence. This is about you. So circle things you don't understand. Again, I'd I, I be very hesitant to go online and just Google things like that. But, you know, circle things you don't understand and be informed. Um, and then when you go in to see your clinician, ask them questions. Don't, don't feel afraid to ask questions because, again, this is everything going on in you. And you feel more empowered and you feel you have a better grasp on it and less anxiety, at least what I've heard from different people, once they have an idea of what, what the report is all about. 
And there have been incidents where things have been overlooked in a report, right? Absolutely. I mean, so. and usually it does not happen. But then also don't feel afraid to get a second opinion from pathology reports. I mean, a lot of people do that. If you feel that something is missing after you do your due diligence when looking at it, you know, you can ask for a second opinion. Well, this has been a lot of good information. I appreciate you. you being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My guest has been Upstate Pathologist, Dr. Rowan Mehta. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.